the Radio Essentials podcast. A podcast about radio with your host, James Marriott. Now then, hey up, welcome to the Radio Essentials podcast, February 2022. Loosely labelling this the Yorkshire episode. I have a, a fellow Yorkshireman on as a guest. Uh, I am sipping Yorkshire tea as we do it in a stainless steel mug. Uh, I've got my Whippet and Racing Pigeon on standby. Uh, we will be keeping this episode quite brief as well so that we don't miss Emmerdale afterwards. That is a joke. I don't I don't think I've ever watched Emmerdale. Hollyoaks through and through. Um, I'm James. Thank you for your company today. We will once again be chatting to someone from the big wide world of the wireless about their career, about the industry. Plus, you guessed it, playing a couple of games as well. Uh, it is, I believe, written in the footnotes of David Lloyd's How to Make Great Radio book that any podcast related to radio must include two silly games. So who are we to argue? Radio Essentials is all about providing content and services for radio people. Check out radioessentials.com. Great. Let's get a guest on from the Pulse One Breakfast Show, Danny Milo. How are you doing, Danny? Hey! Very good, James. Thank you for having me, sir. How are you, darling? You've come prepared. I like that with your own applause. (laughs) It follows me around, darling. (laughs) That's wonderfully self-indulgent. I love it. Um, I have an absolute ton of questions for you, but they're going to have to wait because first things first, we always start the podcast with celebrity birthdays. Or if you're Woo! from if you're from West Yorkshire, celebrity birthdays, 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 birthdays. Yeah, um, are these out of Extracts magazine? <laughs> once upon a time, they would have been. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. <laughs> uh, four people, all with a birthday in February. But is their age higher or lower than the last one? We're gonna hit me, baby. We're hit gonna, me, baby. We're gonna start with Robbie Williams. His birthday is on the thirteenth of February. Any guesses on how old Robbie Williams may be? Crap at this. I'm, I'm, can I say 49? You can say 49. That's a pretty good guess, actually. You're only one out. He will be 48. Oh, see, I was going to say 48. Of course you, you were. were. You were putting words in my mouth again. <laughs> Disgusting. He, uh, a couple of years away from his 50s, bless him, isn't he? Uh, right then, we're going from Robbie Williams to Colin Jackson. Do you remember Colin Jackson? I used to work with a woman called Colleen Jackson, um, a, a bank which I once got fired from, first direct. She was a lovely lady. Um, might might be the same person because I've not seen much of Colin Jackson for a while. So Colleen could, or Colin. Um, Colin Jack, what, what did he do? Was it athlete? Was uh, it? Yes, he was an athlete. I'm trying to remember what actual athletic R- roughly, stuff he did. I'm sure he did roughly what year was he an athlete? Running and maybe javelin was that colin jackson um he was what like late 80s and then through the 90s his birthday is the 18th of february so all you've got to do is higher or lower than 48 i'm gonna go higher please james because i i I think if he was an athlete in the 80s that must have been when he was in his 20s in his prime so i'm just I'm going to be logical and say higher than Robbie. I've given you too much help on this one, actually. I didn't really, you kind of <laughs> coerced, in. coerced me into giving information away. Uh, you're right, actually, quite a bit higher. He's 55 this month. Uh, next, we've got, we're going into the world of acting for Jennifer Love Hewitt, 21st of February. Higher or lower than 55? Younger. So lower is the answer, not younger, lower but they both mean the same in this game. They do. Uh, She will be 43 loads, loads younger. Well done. 
Right, one more then for a full house. Uh, yes, please. Back to the world of music, and I believe that she still has the most played 90s song on commercial radio, Natalie Imbruglia, or Natalie Imburglia, as I've written down on my sheet here. Yes. 4th of February is her birthday. We're at 43. Are you going higher or lower for Natalie Imbruglia? Have you ever met her or talked to her? No, I've not met her, but I do I do remember um in, in my in my wild days, uh, I, I once I, I played Natalie and Bruley at Torn for a woman who had just texted in saying she's um, she just uh, become a mother. Oh, um, oh. So, so so that that went well. Um, <laughs> I think I, I think it's higher. Um, please, James, this one because I remember watching her and she's in Johnny English. That's a good film, is that first one where she where they climb up the um, the poo pipe? Okay, I I'm. I'll let that go. I'll not. I'll not challenge that. Um, she will be forty-seven, so she's indeed higher. So that's pretty much a that's, full house. Is that a full house? That is a full house. Yeah. Give yourself I'll a round that. of applause. Yeah. Thanks, James. Have a great day. Great podcast. See you later. Bye. <laughs> I mean, the real test comes later on when we play Jock Against the Clock. That is the true test of you, your of your knowledge. Are you making me? Oh, I was going to say you're going to make me talk up to an intro. <laughs> no, no, no. It is you. Against the clock. So uh, we'll come to that later on. First of all, clock, let's... Clock, did you say? Is there an L in there? There is definitely an L in there. Um, let's talk about you. Let's talk about... I always ask this question at the start of these episodes. Sure. What was the moment then? What was what was the kind of the thing where you just thought, ding, radio, that's what I want to do? I remember it vividly. I remember it like it was yesterday, right? Out. So I was in my dad's Mondeo. It was a green Mondeo. And the registration plate was K48HSO. This is like, this is, this is <laughs> nine, 1998, is this? And how do you remember that detail? I don't know. It's just an imprint. It's just there in my mind, right? And wow. we're joining the M62 from the slip road between, well, at Castleford, where I'm from, where I reside, Cas Vegas, as we like to call mm-hmm. it, because it's that posh where there's streets paved with gold. Um, and we're joining, we're joining, Onto the M62, and I, and I, it was I think it was Andy Sidell on Magic Eight to Eight or or Glenn Pinder or I can't remember which one, and I, I need to find that out in my life. But I remember they did something on the radio which made me look at it and think, "Wow, that's just made me laugh." And I'm looking and I'm trying to work out. And at eight nine years old, I'm thinking, "What's this? Something's just connected with me, and they're not in the same room. This is genius. How have they managed to make me laugh?" And I'm not looking at them. And I think from that from from that point, then I went home and I'm asking my dad every single question. Like, oh, what 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 what? Where's this from? What 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 does this do? And he tells me his limited knowledge. He's got no clue about radio other than what your normal normal listener would have. Oh well, yeah, this is this is how they do it and everything. And so obviously, I didn't go home and research it because there was no internet back then. And so I just I just found this obsession, and I was just listening. And then I, I had a karaoke machine which um, I got bought for Christmas. I think my ninth birthday, and uh, flicking through, just tuning to different radio sets, listening to how different each one sounds, and thinking, "This is a world, is this? This is a world which I just love." And there's so many different things on this dial that I can get, and it can make me feel in different ways by listening to different things. I want to do that. Was it was it ever in doubt? Did you ever think about anything else as a career? No, not all the way through school. Not at all. Not. All. I, I, I think at one point 
a kids TV presenter went through my mind. And other than that stage, not no, not one bit. It's just always been that one thing that has just been like, I want to work for that. That's what I want to do. And I now, and I'm in school and I'm 12, 13 at this point when you're writing off to radio stations and doing demos. And I'm, I'm thinking, how do I get there? And education was kind of a little bit, even though your mum and dad and a lot of people will say, yeah, this is exactly what you need to do. You need to do your studies and you need to do this. I'm like, well, that bores me a little bit. I want to know how I can do that. And if that doesn't get me there, why am I wasting my time doing your RE work here? <laughs> Loved the subject, by the way, Mrs. Firth. <laughs> what um, What was the point then that you sat down in front of a microphone for the first time in a in a in a studio um early days of when when we were writing letters i i remember t- 10 years old i wrote into magic when, w- because they had a studio in a shopping center in, in the white rose in leeds and it was like a conservatory and they used to call it uh, studio studio seven um and andy sidel he did a show from there live on magic um in this conservatory uh, every saturday and i was just pestering my dad saying will you take me and i'm just sat like like, at the window looking through seeing what they're doing and he invites us in and we do a little bit on air and i'm like at this point this is this is amazing i can't believe this is happening and obviously when you put your headphones on for the first ever time you hear your own voice it's really off-putting so Mm. i fluffed it all up i went rubbish (laughs) i went bright red and whatnot um, but I was there and I've done it. And from that point, I just, I, I've, I have the bug for this now. And this is, I, I had the bug before, but it just encouraged it even, even more so for me. Once I'd actually sat in a chair in front of one of these. When was your first actual show then? Uh, so the first ac- actual show I then, so probably not until I was about, I was 14 when it was on a station called Morley FM uh, in the local newspaper, there was an article about a new radio station launching, community radio station. It was an RSL and they're looking for presenters. So I obviously wrote in and then there was a meeting at, Mor- at Morley Fire Station where there was about 30 people there and they were all like councillors and whatnot saying, this is what Morley FM should sound like. This is what it is. I'm just a kid that's bursting mm. to get on. I, after everything that I've listened to, I'm like, I I want to do this messing about on the radio and I want to make people laugh like they did to me. I, I go to like maybe 15 meetings, my mum and dad ferrying me backwards and forwards on the M62 between Castleford and Morley just to go to these meetings. They'd sit outside eating Kit Kats in the car park <laughs> while, whilst I'm in there. And from there, we, we got a, a, a slot and... I had a couple of recorded shows first and then they gave me a weekend slot and that was the first kind of show that I I did live. Now there were no one listening at all other than the people that were in that fire station. <laughs> but still, like best best thing in the world. I remember recording a link, playing it and running out to the car to listen to myself of how it sounds <laughs> in my dad's car. <laughs> and yeah, it was just like, wow, this, I'm doing it. I'm doing it at 14. That's amazing. At 14, uh, 14 years old. Do you still have any of those recordings? Uh, no, James, not one. So don't, uh, no one ever ask where they are because I, I have, I've, I don't know. And <laughs> unfortunately, I think they all got burned. So that's a shame. Uh, a likely, a likely story. <laughs> I was, I was going to ask how it feels listening back to those early shows because 
uh, I think I was about 14, first time I did a radio show. And again, there was no one listening to it. And I don't have a copy of that, but when I listened back to earlier stuff, like when I was a, when I was younger and you listen to it and just think, God, you, I just had no idea. Like what I thought oh, yeah, was yeah. hilarious was what was if I, I listen back? Thinking? If I listen back to this morning show, I'd feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> you know, adulthood will come around at some point. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. Um, talk us through your, your kind of career then from, from, from that point. So uh, Morley FM at, at 14, what, yeah. what kind of happens from that point then? When, when do you get involved with, uh, I'll do floppy buddy is professional radio. So I went to uh, hospital ra- hospital radio after that. So Jewsbury HWD. There was a, there was someone at Morley FM that said, "Look, you need to do that because it was only an RSL. It was only on for two weeks." So after that two weeks, I'm like, "You you're just dangling a carrot in front of me here, and then you're taking it away, saying you've done your eight, you've done two weeks, you've got to wait another six months before another another broadcast." So I, I start banging on the door of HWD Hospital Radio uh, uh, again at 14 at this point, and they gave me um a show sports time on a Saturday afternoon. I know absolutely <laughs> about sport, nothing. And so I have to take my dad with me. I didn't even know how to read cricket scores. Like he's saying, this is how you do it. You got to say 132 over whatever. And I'm like looking and, and he's not on. He's like, basically my dad were producing me. <laughs> and, um, and so I did that and I, and I, I did that for a good couple of years. But whilst I'm at HWD, just learning my craft, and that's when I'm messing around and making my own jingles, and and I'm not using the station beds. I'm finding my own music, and I'm doing, and I'm I'm turning it into what I want it to be, rather than what they want it they want it to be. So I think at the end, I ended up not talking about any sport at all. So you'd, <laughs> so at two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, this big sports time jing, jingle would start after the news, and then it'd be sports time with Danny Milo. And then I would just go into three hours and nothing to do with <laughs> nothing to do with sport. <laughs> and so at that point, whilst I'm doing that, I am um, I'm banging on the door of Galaxy, who is my Hursty, uh, who is my best friend and mentor um, throughout my whole I'm going to say life. She was doing Hursty's Daily Dose on Galaxy, which is the station I listen to on my way to school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the most fun radio show that. That was the one that I connected to. So I'm like, right, I want to, I, they're my heroes. I want to do what is coming out of those speakers. And we've got, we've got email at this point. So I'm emailing in, just banging on the door of their producer. Uh, and then I, I got invited in because Ersty said, oh, look, there's, there's another one. There's another one of me here, right? Starting at 14, Young wants to come in and have a look. So um, I got an invite in and I remember getting the phone call um, whilst I was at school. It was one of the BT Cellnet mobile phones, <laughs> like one of the, the first ever first ever ones. And it was lunch, It was at lunch and I'd emailed in a couple of days before, phone rings, it's a Leeds number. And as a 14, 15-year-old boy, I'm like, well, Who's from Leeds ringing me? That's a big city. Is that <laughs> I live in Castleford, so I answer it, and it's um, it's James Hurst's producer. He says, "Oh, I understand you want to come and sit in on the show." I'm like, oh, hello, is this real? Is this a wind up? No, no, no. And then put me on to Hurst. Hurst, and hey, I'll speak to him. And I remember the phone call, and I just. I, I, I went so starstruck, unbelievable. Like I went, I just went white, and I'm like, I'm speaking to Hursty. Anyway, we it then progressed. We moved on. He says, "Come in this day." My granddad Charlie woke up at half four in the morning to take me in. 
And we went in, and I'm like, I need to impress him. So I put some nice wet look hair gel on, squirt of Old Spice aftershave, took a bag of Haribo and some modelling balloons, which I used to do when I was DJing at kids' parties. (laughs) And I'm there making them swords and little balloon dogs saying, can I come and work with you? And I obviously I went in thinking, they're going to ask me to be the fourth member on that show as soon as I walk in. (laughs) Why do people think that? So I went in and I have the most amazing time ever. And 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 I said, look, is there anything that you, you that you need help with? And Scott Myers, who is a good mate of mine at the time, he was doing a digital producing role. I think he was only 19, 19. He was still at uni in Leeds. So he he taught me up how to use the, the desk and stuff. And I'd kind of, I, because I did hospital radio, I, I, I was a bit of, I was all right. And I, I, I I'd pressed every button on every single desk to see what it did and to make sure that I knew what it was doing. And we and that I did it at same at Galaxy in Spare Studios. And then he said, Look, if there's any any time we ever need cover for any digital shows producing, come and edit them up, come and do that. And here's how to use RCS and they fill your boots. And he was ill one day and, and James rang the night before and just says, Do you fancy doing it? And I'm like, Well, yeah. Of course I do. So this is, I'm, I'm 16 at this point, so I'm at college. So uh, that got missed a lot. Yep, I can imagine. When I knew I had I had my foot in the door there, any work that I was getting, I was like, yeah, I I, I, I know I want to do that. It just, it, it felt so right, like being in the bit, just being in a radio station, the buzz of it at the time, I'm like, this is where I want to be. So college would drop to, uh, just at the drop of a hat. I was like, nah. I did it. I did it until it got to the point. I did. I did stay at college until the point where I knew that there was a job to go to, yeah. which in the end there was. Scott moved up, and I got that role as digital producer full time. And I remember at, at the time, the um, it was my, it was my mum and dad, and they actually spoke to Ersty about it. They said, "Look, is this right for him? Should he give up his education in order to to do that?" And Ersty just, I just remember Ersty went, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and so, obviously, cool, cool, Ersty. At this point, I'm like, yeah, you've just, you just got me out of college. Hey. <laughs> and so I started that full time, and then yeah, from from there, I, I'm making demos every week just to send off to other radio stations just to get some behind the mic cover. And that happened. I did Huddersfield, Pennine FM, Pennine FM, yeah. She shut now. I shut that down. <laughs> <laughs> Single handedly. Um, yeah, so I started doing a few shows on there on a Saturday. So I'm driving in my, fir- in my Ford Fiesta, first ever car when I passed at 17, down motorway, uh, six o'clock every Saturday morning to go do a show on Pennine. And then uh, after that, after I'm doing that, I'm getting audio in, which I can then put into demos to send off to bigger stations, Yep, like Radio Air, which is where I then got a, a weekend show. And I was there for a good 18 months, two years. And then at 20... That's when I went. I went over to Pulse, um, and I did mids on Pulse for two, three years, and then moved on to Breakfast at twenty twenty four, and then I, and I've been there since. So how how long have you been on Breakfast now? This is our eighth year. Wow! And it has up. It has gone like that. Eight years is a long time for 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 any breakfast show now, yeah. whether whether through choice or otherwise. I mean, so many breakfast shows that that obviously came to an end in 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 twenty twenty because they had to. But I mean, eight years is is such a long time. What what is it that makes it work? Because 
because you and Rosie, obviously, the, there's definitely there's something special there, isn't there? There's a real spark between you, and you you've got a, a, an ability on the show to make people laugh and and to do things that are funny. But there's a real sensitive side to it as well. There's a caring side to it, and and um, it, it's it's a show that has yet many different kind of elements to it, doesn't it? What what do you think it is that makes it work? Um, it's 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 me and Rosie that are genuinely best friends outside of the show and if that show didn't exist we would still be like we are together um because i just it, it's the chemistry that you get as with uh, uh, anything that we're talking about we we know so much about each other a lot of the time if 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 something comes up in conversation uh, and it's about an ex. I'll know all the stories about Rosie's ex-boyfriends that I can choose. So I'll, I'll choose which one I want to, to to slot in there, which one's the right one. Oh, is it the one that said you've got hands big as tennis rackets? That one. Are we having that one today? Or are we are we, are we having the one about the guy that, that had white substance accumulating in the in the corner of his mouth every time he spoke? Is it the guy that smelled a B.O.? Is it, and, and we just know everything about every element of each other's life. Um and so it's just there, banked, ready for when it needs to to come out on the show. But the fact that we um, we're always talking, like even uh, I know a lot of radio shows when it gets to ten o'clock, it's like right, that's it, we'll see you tomorrow. But we're just we're texting, WhatsApping, or voice notes all the time. I'm surprised after eight years, neither of us have erupted to the point where we're just sick to the back teeth of the <laughs> other person's voice. It's like having like a second relationship, isn't it? Yeah, and and I say it's it's me and it's well the amount of times I get names mixed up. So when I'm if I'm angry with my other half, I'll call her Rosie, (laughs) and and if I'm angry if I'm angry with Rosie on air, I'll call her Charlotte, and it just ruins it. But the listeners that have us on an hour show, there's something very special about the Yorkshire market, yeah, and. We are so lucky to broadcast with it, especially within that region. Obviously, it's our roots. It's where we're from. We've done national stuff before. Uh, but it's just very, they get it. And it's a certain type of comedy and it's a certain type of humour. And it's like, uh, they're all right. That You've got to be able to take the piss out of yourself a little bit. You've got to be able to, don't take life too seriously. Don't take the show too seriously. Because it's just, if you do that, it just becomes the same as everything else on the radio just try, try and give them something different that yeah. no one else is offering you mentioned national radio in there and i wanted to ask you about that about how you how you found national radio how how it kind of compared to the other stuff that you've done so national we 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 got asked to pull it back when we did national so when we did virgin we were on for about 2 years i think on virgin the early virgin before they launched it with Evans on breakfast. It was kind of just, we, we were on on a Sunday afternoon and we loved it. However, we would get more interaction on our breakfast show on a morning than what we would get on Virgin. Um, I just don't think it had, <laughs> I don't think it had any listeners at the time because as, as a new station, yeah. it was like, and so we had our core audience um, on Pulse who we we then would on our social media say we're on Virgin as well. And we'd get just the same lot that are coming back for a little bit more on a weekend. So it'd be, it'd be completely different now. 
but with, with the national stuff, I, I, we didn't we tamed it down a little bit. But Virgin wants it was a more, bit more of a cooler brand, and yeah. they wanted less of the slapstick that we do in the morning. And it's a music station as well, a very good one at that. Um, it, it's a music station as well, and you are catering for an audience that are wanting to listen to music and they know more about music than you probably. So they're choosing that station because they don't want the slapstick duo that do a breakfast show doing it. Then I think if you can get the right balance, you, you you're absolutely onto a winner with that, but not to the same speech quota that what we were used to at breakfast. Do either you individually, or I don't know if you've talked about it, you as as um, as, as you and Rosie, do you do you have any aspirations there to to revisit the idea of national? Never say never. No, I, th- I think in a, in the world that we live at the moment, um, our show it does perform really well, and there's so much interaction on on everything when we do it. We 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 do five, 600 messages on WhatsApp on a morning, 50 texts and however many messages through the app. It's um, it's really busy. And it, as with any business, it, it would be nice to expand mm-hmm. what we do and to still get the same feedback that we get now. Um, and and I, I think if you can make people laugh and you can give, if you can give them a smile whilst they're on their way, to a job which they're a little bit not asked about going in and they're going in because they need money but you can you can turn that around and you can give them a smile before they get there so they they've got that 15 minute journey where they can forget about that that pretty shit day that they've got ahead i've i think i'd love to be able to do it on a larger scale and we and we we both we both we both would it it must be um I'm not. I don't want to sound like I'm putting words in your mouth here, but it must be a little bit frustrating with with how the industry and stuff has changed. Because you know, obviously now looking at, at capital not having their own breakfast shows, and you know, so many other of the the bigger brands and perhaps the more regional stations that now those opportunities where where once upon a time there'd be a, a, a you know a, a show that does really well on a station of a certain size, and there comes a natural point where you know they're kind of snapped up by that that next step up the the ladder and those opportunities are just they're, they're kind of well limited if anything at the moment aren't they because they just don't exist now there isn't that opportunity for you know for that next person to to kind of get a crack at, at doing capital breakfast when it comes up yeah so th- there are but I, I think that's just that's it's that's just for for greedy people we're in a great position we're in a really good place and where and and we love we love where we broadcast to yep and it's like it's the grass isn't always greener, so we we enjoy working for Bauer. We hope that Bauer enjoy what we do for for them. The listeners love it. Take your next radio diary if anyone. <laughs> uh, and so it's like, why why would you want to jeopardize something really great in order to see if there's something else? Like it's yeah. it, it is that. Grass is always green. Is great point. Thing. Great point. And yeah, we're, we're we're treated fine. So why would we want to jeopardize how much fun we're having at the minute by yeah. going somewhere else? Does does it feel like things have changed over the last couple of years? Because obviously we've um, been through the Bower the Bower takeover. Um, you know, studio wise, you've moved from from Bradford 
to lead physically. You're now in a different studio, small matter of a pandemic in there as as well. Um, does it feel like things have changed or is it just you you, know, you sit down every day, you open the microphone and, and it's just whatever changes in the background makes no difference? I think I think for us, um, the surroundings have changed and everything, but I think for us, because we were in that building by ourselves um, f- for the past eight years and we never used to see anyone until nine o'clock when the office staff would start walking by, um, we're kind of used to working in an environment where it's not really busy outside in the office and it's not really, because we're there six till nine by yourself anyway. Yeah. Um, so that really helped. And I think if we were used to, I, the, the bits that I do miss is coming off air at 10 o'clock and having a good hour and a half gallivanting round, saying hello to all the salespeople, saying hello to everyone in S&P, having a natter with the boss in the office, nipping out for a Costa. I really do miss that. And yep. that was, and because especially at Pulse, when everyone's in that building, uh, in the old one in, in Bradford, and it's and it's full, and you've got thirty people there. It's it was a fantastic environment and a really good team. And I know we've got teams. I know we've got Zoom. First lockdown, phones ringing nonstop. You're ringing other people. You're checking in on every and uh, everyone. But as a nation, we're just everyone's just bored of it, and the phone doesn't ring as much anymore. And you don't ring people anymore. It's just like oh, here we go again. And I've made it a conscious effort in 2022 now just to ring more people and just to actually say, are you all right? Because it's fizzled off at the end of it. And it's the same with everyone now. Um, and I just think everyone's just so fed up of of not being how it was, but will it change? Who's to know? Hello, another variant. <laughs> we will have to see. Um, yeah, hopefully not. If you had to, uh, if you look back, if you had to pick out one one on air moment from the last eight years that really sticks out is is there is there something that immediately kind of springs to mind i think well the the what the one moment is when we won a gold aria um for the show in 2018 which we genuinely had no idea that that would ever happen and we put the entry together and I remember us leaving the studio and this is trade secrets. I remember us leaving the studio and we just put his entry together on the year that we won. And we thought, we thought, Oh, we could have done this so much better. We really need to, we really need to tighten up. We really need to give it, give ourselves a, a whip at the certain part. We're like, we shouldn't be doing this. And we left the studio feeling so, unenergized and unmotivated because we listened back and it was kind of a f- first snoop that we we'd done just by ourselves and we were really critical with ourselves and we were like right we need to book his ideas up now and we need to go on tomorrow morning and we need to be good <laughs> and, and and three months later we we see on twitter we've been nominated for an award and we're like <laughs> what on that oh my word so we we were Obviously, we're over the moon at this moment. And then then we, it was at the first direct arena in Leeds and we go, awards night turns up and my mum and dad are saying, oh, can we buy tickets to come and watch? And me and Rosie are like, no, nah, we, we, we don't want them to come because we're not going to win. It'll be a waste of a day for them. And then on, on, on the night, we're just sat there. We'd had a considerable amount of red wines because we knew that we weren't getting on that stage we were up against radio one radio two we've got there's there's nick grimshaw there's there's chris evans on there the and the uh, big john from hallam these established shows that have just done so well for so long 
So we just thought, let's make a night of it. We're from Yorkshire. Let's get his money's worth while we're here having a good <laughs> night. And um, I just remember Adele, Adele Roberts, uh, who was giving the award out. She read our names out and me and Rosie just, we just froze and she just, Rosie just grabbed my hand and I thought, my, hand, my fingers are going to drop off here. And we just got up and I remember walking down the stairs towards the stage to collect this award. And our, me and Rosie, like, we, we got really close and, and I says, do you know what we're going to say? And she went, I've not got a fucking clue, mate. <laughs> and I'm like, I've got no idea. And so we, we just got on stage and we, we, we winged it. But we had the fear the morning after because we thought, oh, no, have we screwed it up? We, have, have, what have we done? And thank, my other half, she videoed it and we watched it back and we thought, oh, we've pulled that one off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when when you talk about it like that, I mean, it's a phenomenal achievement anyway, but up against some of those stations and some of those presenters, that's... I mean, and that's, that's why, and, and I mean, these are people, these are people that I've idolised for years and to, to be in just the category as some of those names, just, it, it still, I, I look and I just think, how has that happened? How has that actually happened in in my life to be up with that and i'm like it's still it's baffling it really is you mentioned about idols there who do you enjoy listening to on the radio now i really like scott i really love scott mills i think scott's great i think him and chris do a really really good show and on and other than that for entertainment i am an lbc man all right i do love talk radio because when you play music <laughs> especially at breakfast you, you sometimes think actually that song's good i've heard it 80 times now so i'm gonna have a listen to something else and and i i just i found myself a few years ago i just really got into um lbc and steve 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 alan who is a really good friend of mine we've got a lot of time for steve james o'brien nick ferrari i think they're really good and obviously Moyle's on, on Radio X when I, when I get a chance to listen back, obviously because we're on at the same time. Um, yep. I, yep. I'm, on, I'm listening on catch-up. But no, and, and, and I'm lucky to say uh, it, it's wonderful to be friends with these people as well and how they sound and are off the air. It's, it's just nice and it's just nice to have great people who still work in this industry. I've not, I've not done this to anyone yeah, but I'm going to do it to you. If you if you had to say who the most famous radio person that you have saved in your phone is, who is it? I think I'm going to have to say Pat Sharp, Patman. Pat Sharp. You, I, I, I'm going to have to say Patman. Um, wow. <laughs> who who I watched religiously on Funhouse as a kid, and he's one of the well, it was a nice, whole lot of fun. It, it, it prizes to be won, and um, yeah, he was just it's just awesome I, and I used to watch him all the time and I remember we, we, we saw him at some awards and he was like yeah here's my number Danny yeah, text me if you need anything and I'm like oh, <laughs> how's that and other than that probably um, Rosie <laughs> <laughs> you've got to say that you've got to say that Radio Royalty I've got to sit opposite her in the morning yeah we've we've talked a bit about kind of you know, obviously your route into radio Things things have obviously changed. What what advice? What tips would you give to people who um, you know maybe uh, are now at that point of being yeah. twelve, eleven, thirteen? You know they're they're kind of looking, hearing stuff on the radio, looking to make that first step into it. What what kind of advice would you give them? Just if you find something that you really connect with, um, a show on the radio, social media now makes it so easy to connect with that person. So 
message them on on Twitter. Ask ask if if you can go in and sit in on a show, and you can just pick their brains. And if you can get yourself in a door where you've got someone who's doing that job already, to be able just to kind of guide and focus you. If you target the presenters directly rather than just email the boss, it's more it's on a personal level, and you can you can speak to them, and then they can then put that word in because they've already got a door open with the boss, obviously. It's like, hey, look, there's someone that's just come in here. They've been in for a few times. They've sat in on the show. They know what they're doing. Is there anything, is there any bits of work that we can give? Can we get them some crew shifts or something just to get them in, into the station? Just mm-hmm. I and, and I'd still say that route is, um, yeah. is, 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 is the one. Good advice. Good advice. Uh, right. It's Jock Against the Clock time. Let's do this. Jock Against the Clock. This is how it works, Danny. You've got five questions. You've got to answer them as quickly as you can. There's a 10-second penalty for any that you get wrong. If you get them all wrong, and this is not going to happen, if you get them all wrong, then you're out. All the questions are related in some way to the month of February. Uh, At the moment, Angie Greaves is top of the leaderboard on 55 seconds and Dave Cooper bottom on 98 seconds. We still love you, Dave. Where where do you see yourself? Are you you expecting to be towards the top end or the bottom end? Well, I'm not going to beat Angie. (laughs) Uh, Right, I am going to say I'm going to go middle of the road. I'm going to play it safe like Boris Johnson does. I don't want to put any pressure on you here, but I think... You've got a decent set of questions here. I have faith. I think that these are these are reasonable questions. And I've had my afternoon nap. And you've had your afternoon nap, so fully charged. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready, James. Let's do it. Three, two, one. Start the clock. Who shocked the world by shaving her hair off in February 2000? Britney Spears. The first ever TV broadcast in Japan in February 1931 was a game of which sport? Football. Actor Dean Gaffney turns 44 this February. What was his character called in EastEnders? Ah, uh, uh, piss flaps. <laughs> I don't know. Pass. Which couple took gold in the Winter Olympics in Sarajevo in February 1984? Torval and Dean. At the Brits in February 1998, Chumbawamba threw a bucket of water over which politician? Tony Blair. Stop the clock. Jock against the clock. Okay, right. First of all, you did that in 44 seconds. Have you got to get all five to be on leaderboard? No, 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 no. So we, what we've got to do now is just add on 10 seconds for any that you got wrong. Yeah. I said I thought there were a decent set of questions. What did you think? You're shaking your head at me. You're not happy. Uh, no. All right. Uh, who shocked the world? I, Shaving her hair off. Britney Spears. Of course it was. Everyone knows right. that. I mean, so this, I got one. I got one, everybody. You got one <laughs> right. Um, questions. I mean, this is just kind of potluck, isn't it? First ever TV broadcast in Japan was a game of which sport? You said football. It was baseball. Sport, anyway. This is the one that's that's going to drive you up the wall. Dean Gaffney turns forty-four. What was his character called in EastEnders? I I thought when I first saw his name, I thought, well, he played Ricky, didn't he? But it wasn't Ricky. He was Robbie Jackson. Ah, oh, no chance. Right, which couple took gold in Sarajevo? Torval and Dean, of course, yes. Uh, and the Brits, Chumbawamba, 
It was John Prescott. Ah, uh, yeah. See, these old questions, old questions. I'm a young spring lamb. I don't think they're that, they're not too old. I was eight when Chumbawamba threw that bucket of water <laughs> over John Prescott. You must, you must have been watching the Brits, though, about that. That's when the Brits was really something. At eight years old, I was watching Power Rangers. Right then, let's have a look at the leaderboard. The Radio Essentials Leaderboard. So you did it in 44 seconds, but we are going to have to add on 30 seconds for those three that you got wrong. So 54, 64, 74, that's one minute, 14 seconds altogether. Uh, Let me pull up the leaderboard. So 74 seconds. We've got six people on the leaderboard so far, so you will be the seventh. So where where do you think that might put you? How confident are you with that? Second to last. No, you're way off, mate. You're way off. You go in third on the leaderboard. You you are ahead of Dixie. You are ah, lovely. You are, ahead, <laughs> you are ahead of Scotty McClue and you're ahead of Dan Noble at Absolute Radio. Yeah. Oh, they're all good eggs. Hello, if you're watching. And it also makes you our brainiest male presenter so far. Brainiest male presenter so far. I think yep. that's a I think that's a category on this year's Arias. That's it. So you are. If, if we had a separate blokes leaderboard, you would be top. Right? That's pretty good. What a day. That's it. You see, it's the afternoon nap that did it. That's what. Uh, yeah. That's what did so it. Did, so did I beat Dixie then? You you beat Dixie considerably. Actually, Dixie was ninety one seconds. He only got yes. one. He only yes. got one right. So there's yes. some ribbing. There's some ribbing to go there. Uh, brilliant, Danny. Thank you very much for your time. Well done on taking top of the <clears throat> leaderboard on Jock Against the uh, the Clock. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having us, James. And take care, everybody. Keep loving radio. Keep listening. Bye. You can find out more about Radio Essentials by finding us on social media at Radio Essentials or head to radioessentials.com. Do keep an eye on our socials because we have a Roadcaster Pro that we're going to be giving away this year. Do not miss that. Okay, we'll be back next month with another guest from the world of radio. We'll see you then. The Radio Essentials Podcast. Visit Radio Essentials online, radioessentials.com. have one more as well while you're on go on thanks for stopping by now get out uh, that well what a way <laughs> what a way to end take care mate <laughs>